0: I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business program. Marianne Fairmouth, she's a regular on the Price of Business Media Network, and we love having her on the program each week, bringing her insight, particularly from her book that uh, I consider revolutionary when it comes to recruiting. You can learn more about Marianne over at com.
1: There's been a lot of hype. There's a lot of things that say, oh, push one button and write a blog post. Push one button and write a book. All of that's just hype. It's not real. It creates really low quality content that actually other AIs detect and erase immediately. So if you try and write a book complete with AI and you don't read it and you just publish it, Amazon's AI will catch that and immediately flag your account. If you write a blog post and if you think your AI is better than Google's AI, no way. So what we're seeing right now is a lot of that hype, but it's going to go away. The human value is actually going to go up with the advent of ai because what's happening right now is people are asking this question like was this written with ai because they want content written by human videos recorded by human. so the human element's critical the way you get a really good result is by using an ai tool to operate faster there are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere if you know where to look That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is
0: Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth and I'll be your host for this episode, and today I am just delighted to have a guest on our show that's really making a difference in the new work world. Jonathan Green is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and artificial intelligence expert. He's received his master's degree from King's College in London, and he's an artificial intelligent consultant and speaker, transforming businesses with Chat GPT. He's been seen on the popular venues such as NBC Radio, the Boston Globe, the Miami Herald, and more. After that incredibly long introduction, without further ado, help me welcome Jonathan Green. Jonathan, say hello to everybody.
1: Everyone, thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to spend some time together.
0: Well, Jonathan, we spoke in the Green Room about all the different changes right now and AI and front and center and Chet, GPT. Tell us a little bit about how you got started becoming interested in AI. You were kind of doing this or learning about it way before many of us are looking at it now.
1: As I'm an entrepreneur, writer, blogger, creating content, I'm always looking for ways to be a little bit faster. And there were a couple of AI tools that have been around for about two years that a lot of people were using and talking about, but every time I tested them, they weren't that good. They could kind of do a rough draft of a blog post, but I would never publish it. It would never be good enough to put my name on. And only in the past year or so with chat GPT 3.5 forward, did I notice that the content was actually readable. It was the first time it came across as something that it actually was like useful. Before that, it always was like broken English or felt like it had been written in Russian and translated English. So When that shift happened and I noticed it, there was just an explosion of content we all notice, right? Everyone's posting on LinkedIn and every social channel, making YouTube videos. So, of course, it started coming across my feeds and I was watching a lot of these videos and I thought to myself, I think I can do this better. I started to notice that the way these AI tools work was logical to me. I go, this is the way I think. This is the way I approach when I write a book. So, I bet I can use this tool better than other people. And just from that first thought, I began testing and I would follow someone else's instruction. I'd go, I wonder if I could do this a little better, and I noticed that every single time I could. So I began to develop all my own formulas and all my own processes. But it started from watching other people.
0: That's great. Not long ago, a client said to me, "You know, Marianne, this resume is just so-so. He needs to use Chat GPT to refine this." Tell us how this mechanism or this new process of Chat GPT could help people out there with resume writing.
1: Yeah, resumes are so tricky. When I was writing my resumes in my 20s and early 30s, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what a good template versus a bad template was. And unless you know a recruiter or know a headhunter and know what they like, you're really guessing and shooting in the dark. The beauty of an AI tool is that you can use it to help you improve. You can find a great template and say, hey, here's everything about me. Please convert it into the resume format That way it will actually go through that process of objectivity. This is the best way to use it where it will tell you because sometimes people put things on there like all their hobbies and it's not really relevant, but you're not sure like how far back in my employment history should I go and all of these things. So when you work with it cooperatively, it can design a really great resume and it can help you to optimize. That's the first and best place to use it is really through that process because the best results we get. Are really when we cooperate and work together with the AI, rather than just have the AI write the resume for you, you want to be very interactive so that you can create something amazing. And the way to do this is really simple. Say, I want to create an amazing resume. What information do you need from me to help me do that? If you ask that question, ChatGPT will do the rest. It will ask you the exact questions. It will probably start with, okay, what type of jobs are you applying for? And then it will ask you, what's your educational history? What's your employment history in each of the different categories? And then it will convert it into the format that really good resumes are written in. So we'll do all the work for you just asking the right first question.
0: You said something early on that really sparked my attention. and That was when you said about working together, working with each other, working together. And the question that I have, and of course, you know, I'm a bluer. Technology is not where I shine. I can do it. I'm okay with it. But Jonathan, how can we still keep the human elements in all that we do when we use AI or chat GPT? I mean, you and I talked a bit in the blue room about streamlining the processes and procedures becoming more efficient. But my concern with all this is how do we keep the human element in it?
1: There's been a lot of hype. There's a lot of things that say, oh, push one button and write a blog post. Push one button and write a book. All of that's just hype. It's not real. It creates really low quality content that actually other AIs detect and erase immediately. So if you try and write a book complete with AI and you don't read it and you just publish it, Amazon's AI will catch that and immediately flag your account. If you write a blog post and if you think your AI is better than Google's AI, no way. So what we're seeing right now is a lot of that hype, but it's going to go away. The human value is actually going to go up with the advent of AI because... What's happening right now is people are asking this question. like, was this written with AI? Because they want content written by human, videos recorded by human. so the human element's critical. The way you get a really good result is by using an AI tool to operate faster. But there's a different terms for it. A lot of people call it dreaming, and that's where it basically says stuff that are nonsensical within a few minutes. So if you're not driving the AI and reading the responses, you won't get a good result. If I want to, for example, write a tweet, I'll say to my AI tool, hey, give me 10 tweets about this article and I'll choose the one that's the best one. But I read them before posting. If you remove that, I read the content before posting step, you're gonna post content that you regret. You're gonna post stuff that's clearly written by AI. You're not gonna double check it. It's just like if you had a VA from a foreign country write a piece of content for you, you would still read it before publishing it. So the element might change from you doing 100% of the creation to you kind of oversighting So it's a way to move yourself into management without actually hiring employees. That's a really critical step. All of the AI tools that try and remove that step from the process, I'm very hesitant about. I test them all the time. They're never up to par. You can always tell. And they're the ones that are kind of creating a bad reputation for AI tools. It's where people use the tool, try to eliminate themselves from the process. And that's where you get a really low quality and obviously AI generated result. That's not what we want. That's not what I recommend. And that's going to get pushed out of the market over the next six to 12 months. So it's going to get eliminated just by the way capitalism, by the way market forces work.
0: That makes me kind of relax a little bit because what we call a galactic recruit, where I'm all about the human element. You've given us so much information, but at the same time, how can someone who's older learn AI without getting overwhelmed? How can we learn this without saying, oh my God, this is just too much. I'm going to move away from it.
1: The trick to these AI tools, ChatGPT, Claude, any of the big companies, well-known chat AIs, is that they're all really easy to learn, but they're hidden behind a terrible onboarding or training experience. If you log into Claude, Perplexity, ChatGPT, it's just a blank page. And that's really intimidating. I was speaking to someone who works there. I was like, why do you guys do this? And I realized they use it to get data from users guessing. And I was like, man, I wish you guys just make an instruction manual. You wouldn't lose as many users by doing that. It's not the best way to use your tool, in my opinion, but they're using it to train the AI. That's why it seems hard. The secret is anyone, no matter how non-technical you are, you can become a master of an AI tool in one day. They're designed to actually have a really short learning curve. It's just tricky because there's no training. So if you use the formula I mentioned earlier, which is where you say to any of the AI tools, this is what I want, and then say, what information do you need for me to get that result? You say, I wanna write a tweet what information do you need me to write a great treat? I want to write a resume. What information do you need for me to write a great resume? Or I'm trying to choose between these 10 candidates for a new position. How can you help me choose that? What information do you need from me to help me choose who I should interview first? When you use that format, it switches all of the need to be good at AI from you back onto the AI. It switches the AI to the mode we all wish it was in already where it tells you what to do. That's the beauty of the AI tool is that when you make one shift, All of the challenge of, oh, I need to learn special prompts or special language disappears because it moves the impetus from you and the risk of you giving the wrong command or giving the wrong instruction. That all disappears because now it's conversational, which is what we want. And that's why it's actually easier to learn than technical tools. It's just one shift in the mode and suddenly it becomes super easy.
0: That's great to know. What I'm understanding or getting from all this so far, Jonathan, is that it's a process if we use it correctly to make us become more efficient, to make us be able to streamline the process. But for someone, say, for example, that's already established their career, how can i make a difference for someone like that? Say You've got a good job, you're happy with it. What will it do to kind of make a difference for you?
1: There have been a bunch of recent studies which show that using an AI tool increases efficiency by about 40%. That means you can get five days of work done in three days. And that same study found that the quality of the work went up about 18%. So there's not a drop in quality when you use the tools correctly. The thing I teach everyone is to start with what are you doing every week that's very repetitive? If a lot of your week is answering emails, a common use of a lot of AIs right now is to sort emails by, are these emails I even need to look at? We all get hundreds or thousands of emails a day, and we probably need to read one to 2% of them, maybe 10% of them. But most of them, they're advertisements, they're junk, or they're just notifications that don't matter. It's like a reminder about a meeting. I don't need to read all five reminders. I just need to show up at the meeting. That's one of the first places. The second place would be responding to emails. A lot of our responses are very repetitive, right? We send a very similar response to a lot of people. So AIs can help you with that. You could develop a process to where the AI writes the email, you read it from one of your templates, and it allows you to do that process faster. So whatever you're doing that's repetitive, and especially if it's a little bit mindless, that's where you go, you know what, I do this a lot of the time, but it's repetitive. I have a process I've already developed in my head. That's the first thing I teach people to push down to AI. So for me, for example, every single week when I'm recording my own podcast, afterwards, I have to make show notes. I used to have to listen to the episode, write down the time codes where everything happens, and create a list of show notes that would be a downloadable with the episode. It would take longer than the actual episode. Well, now I don't do that anymore because I just send the recording or the transcript to an AI, have an example of a past show notes. I say, use this recording, make new show notes. So it has an example of what my ideal result is. It has an example of new piece of input or new piece of data. And it says, just convert this to that format. And this allows me to save a massive amount of time for something I was doing every single week because I put out an episode every week. So any task that's repetitive, that's especially a little bit mindless. That's the first thing I push to an AI. So even if you're already established in your career, what's gonna happen over the next few years is the same thing that happened with calculators in the 70s. New technology goes through a couple of phases. The first phase is it's interesting, but it's cheating. Then the next phase is, okay, it's allowed. And then the next phase, it's required. And the next phase, if you can't use this tool, we don't hire you. This happened, if you look at testing, In the 70s, if you brought a calculator into class, you could get in trouble at first. And around 72, they said, oh, if you have a graphing calculator, you'll never learn math. Then over time, it became, oh, it's allowed. Then it's like, it's recommended. And then it became mandatory. So when I was in high school, you had to have a specific graphing calculator to even take the class. The first day of class, I would ask it, we would do homework on the calculator. Something that was considered cheating 20 years earlier was mandatory. Same thing happened with Google and search engines and computers. Was like You can't have a computer open during a test. And now they expect you to take the test on a computer. And this happens with employment, where it goes, when I was in high school and looking at first jobs, it used to say computer ability is a plus. The ability to use email or spreadsheets or Microsoft Word was a plus, right? It was considered a cool addition. Then it became recommended, and now they would never hire somebody who goes, oh, I don't know how to use email. You couldn't get a job. So the technology becomes an expectation. AI is gonna go through the same phases. Right now, people are getting raises because they know how to use AI. There have been a few studies about that that show a lot of people who are good at AI are getting a 20 to 40% higher level of raises than people that don't. So that alone is the reason to learn it. But in five years, when you have the option of two people, one person you've been with for years, but they don't use AI, or someone else who could do twice as much work in the same amount of time with the same salary, the second person has become more and more compelling. We would never hire an accountant who doesn't use a calculator, who doesn't use spreadsheets. So if I have the choice of two employees, one accountant who could do two projects a day and one who can do seven, the ability to do more, which is what AI does. AI just makes you faster and a little bit more efficient. So that's where the value is. It can help you get more promotions, help you get more raises and help you in time in three to five years when there is a purge. I have this bad feeling that a lot of people who step back and go, I'm not going to learn this. I'm too late in my career. I don't want to worry about it. In two to three years, it's going to switch And I already know companies. I know a company that said to every employee on a Friday, they said, come in on Monday with a plan of how you're going to use AI to improve your job or don't come in on Monday. So companies are already doing this. It's kind of cutting edge companies are doing that, but it's going to propagate. So while I don't want to create a huge sense of fear, I do want to create a sense of motivation that during the period now where it's optional, right now you can learn AI or not, but in a couple of years, you won't have a choice. So it's better to learn it now to kind of get ahead of the curve. So It can really help you to be more efficient to push down the tasks that aren't your favorite tasks or not your circle of excellence anyways, to an AI tool to allow you to go from doing to checking the work, to go from writing the book to editing the book. It saves you a huge amount of time and it protects you from that future that's inevitable. Every time there's a new technology, eventually it goes that you have to know how to use that tool phase. This protects you from when that happens.
0: So if I'm an applicant and I've got an interview next Tuesday, and I want to talk intelligently about AI. Where do I go to find the right keywords or where do I go to find something about AI so that when I go on that interview, I'm going to be looked upon as, hey, this guy's pretty, your gal's pretty sharp. Where do I go to find that out? A little mini tweet lesson that can help me talk intelligently on that interview.
1: Sure. That's a really great question. One of my favorite ways to use ChatGPT is to do mock interviews. Chat, GPT, if it's a large enough company, they will know the company name and can actually model their interviews. And if it's a well-known enough person, then you can actually say, oh, I'm doing an interview with this person. Pretend you're them and interview me about this position. So we'll ask you the questions. You can actually go through that training process and you can even add in and say, oh, ask me questions about AI that are relevant for this position. And it will do that entire process. This is something I cover a lot in my book specifically because it's one of my favorite use cases where you can say things like if you're pitching a company, you could actually say the exact investor that you're going to pitch to because most investors are in a lot of media and you can answer the type of questions they ask because different investors have different approaches to how they ask questions. And the same thing with different recruiters. Since Google asks different questions than maybe Facebook asks, or so if you're in, we'll work with large companies. So that's really what I would do is just go say, Hey, I have an interview with this person at this company and I want to sound intelligent about AI please give me a practice interview. And you can do it a couple of times to get really comfortable, to get used to the questions. Because different types of companies ask really different questions. Like I once worked with a recruiter who hired people in China. And one of their big questions is, what's the difference between a plane and a bird? And I guessed like 10 times and all my answers were Western. And he goes, no, the correct answer is that a plane flies by cooperation. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> like, I would have never guessed that's the difference between a plane and a bird. Only because I spoke to someone who was hiring people, he goes, that's the answer we're looking for. And I was like, wow, I would have never guessed that. But that's really why getting specific with your pre-interview process can be so much more useful. It's just like when I was studying for the SAT, I used SAT studying guides, not just test-taking study guides. So the more specific you can get with your preparation, the more comfortable you would be, especially when someone asks a question that you're already ready for, because I've been through interviews myself. And the first time you hear a really weird question, like what's your greatest weakness? If you don't know how to answer that, right? Like it's a really intimidating question because it's so personal. But once you've heard it a couple of times, it's not such a big deal. And we remember those questions. And once you're comfortable, it's a lot easier. So it's much easier to answer a question the second or third time. So this can help you get comfortable for an interview, whether you're answering AI specific questions or not. But that's really where you need to be. The bar for knowledge is very low. Nobody has been an expert on AI for more than a year. Anyone who tells me they have five years of AI experience, I just don't believe them because anything before this year is kind of irrelevant. It's a technology that no longer matters. I know how to use a pager. That doesn't mean I know how to use a cell phone, right? My kids can't even understand the pagers that existed. It baffles them because they don't even understand why there are screens that aren't touch screens. So once the technology has kind of gone away, These older AI tools that weren't really good AI tools were really useful. It doesn't matter if you're an expert in a tool that doesn't work anymore. I could tell you I'm an expert in social media. And I say, they say, what do you know? I'm really good at MySpace. That's not going to impress anyone, right? If you remember MySpace from 20 years ago, then yeah, it's memorable, but it's not useful because now it's all about other platforms. So not every old use case matters. So you don't have to have a lot of knowledge. If you could just say, yeah, I'm comfortable and really... Anytime they ask you to do a task, then you go learn how to do that task. You can do research. You go, oh, I want to do this. You can learn anything on AI in a single day. There's not a huge, really long learning curve like other software. Like learning Photoshop takes years or months. It's like really hard. Whereas learning how to master chat GPT, you can do it in a single workday.
0: That's great. Jonathan, I am so glad that we had you on Career Can Do because just from this interview, I have myself dispelled a lot of negativity about AI. And I see now it's more of a benefit than a detriment, and it can help us become more efficient and streamline processes and procedures. If our listeners out there want to read your books or want to get with you or want to have more information about what you do, how do they find you? How do they go about getting in touch with you?
1: Sure. if you search for serve, no master on any search engine, on any social media platform, every single result is me. The first hundred results on Google are all me. So any of them you click on, it's going to bring you to my podcast or my website or one of my social media platforms. And that's the best place to find me. I have a bunch of giveaways and different introductions to AI. I give away on my website. You can find my book, Chat GPT Profits on my website as well. And all of it's really designed to show you that it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be scary. And you can take it slow and just get comfortable with a few processes that are useful to you. And it's really exciting. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Well, that's great. I always like to leave our listeners with two salient points. And if we had to give them two salient points about AI, what would those two points be?
1: Number one is AI only works in cooperation with a human. Just like a car needs a driver, AI needs a human and the driver's seat to get the maximum result. On its own, it can't really do anything. And on your own, you can only go so far, but it makes you go faster when you work together. The second thing is that The learning curve is a lot shorter than it seems. If you just say, I'm going to sit down today and spend the next eight hours, just one workday, learning one AI tool, whether it's ChatGPT or Claude or the new Twitter one, whichever one you want to choose, you can learn it by the end of the day and become a proficient user just watching, whether it's my content or someone else's, just watching training videos because you copy and paste in an idea, see what happens. Copy and paste in an idea, see what happens. And it's really that easy. It's a lot simpler to learn than it seems at first because they give you that scary blank page. So if you just commit one day, you can be a high level user by the end of that day.
0: Wow. This has been amazing, Jonathan. And I am so thrilled that we had you on Career Can Do. The holiday season at the time of this recording is upon us. And I have to say, you have been truly a gift, a gift to our listeners because you're state of the art, you're showing us where the future is going and you're showing us how to do it for our best advantage. So Thank you so much. This is Marianne Fairmouth with Career Can Do, and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely that of the guest or speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Varian Fairmouth and Fairmouth & Company. Thank you.